Bring in more revenue while saving money and differentiate yourself from the rest of the pack vying to win those guests by becoming more environmentally friendly. We will show you how easy it is and how cheap it can be, if not free, and share all the opportunities available. So join us each week as we take another step along the green path. That's one more step to differentiate yourself from the rest of the pack. The Green Path Podcast is kindly sponsored by Sustonica, the first sustainability certification for vacation rentals that audits homes on their environmentally friendly setup, installs smart measuring tools for water, gas and electricity, and offers an iPad for guests to see their real-time consumption levels. Learn more at sustonica.com. Hi everyone and welcome to another episode of the Green Path podcast. Today is one of those educationals that we all love. We've heard the saying out of sight, out of mind, and we've also heard money down the drain. But where does something go when it goes down the drain? And what about all the things we put down there like soap and body scrub granules? What can we put down there? Well, today we're going to learn what is beyond the sink and the shower. Today, my guest is Sean from ETI Solutions. Hello, Sean. How are you? Doing good. Good to see you again. And you, and you. Sean and I met at the VRMA in Las Vegas. And when he started talking about green cleaning products, bing, okay, got to be on the Green Path podcast. (laughs) Well, thank you for having me. Pleasure. Thank you for coming along. Can you please tell us, how did you start on your green path? How did you start on your journey? Okay, well, um, you know, obviously, I always love outdoors, love nature. You always want to have a you know concern for our, our environment, our surroundings. Mm. But um, being in the chemical world, I've been doing this for well over twenty years now, and you know, we're always trying to evolve, have better, safer chemistry. Um, we are a family business, so we do have folks that are back around the chemicals. So that was always you know dear heart to us to be safer to our employees. Mm. Um, so what we're also you know trying to do is make chemicals that are effective. So, you know, green has been around since like 1989. I think in the chemical world, they had formed a green seal and then the government got into it, which is uh, DFE, Designed for the Environment. So there's been a bunch of different types of, of, of seals and approvals, but overall, we just want to, you know, produce safer chemistry for our customers and family and friends that use the products. Mm. It's funny because using the word chemical already sounds dangerous. Exactly. You know, it's how can a chemical be green? I mean, so can you tell me maybe what what sort of chemicals do you use that are green? Uh, You know, there's it's evolved. There's testing, you know, solvents are are always considered a really hazardous, dangerous chemical. Mm. Um, As you see trucks on the road or maybe you'll see some chemicals at at a, you know, a, a hardware store, Home Depot or Lowe's. I mean, you'll see different pictures on those chemicals and it, there might be a skull and crossbones, which is poison. Mm-hmm. And that's a lot of times you'll see that in our drain openers or maybe some fertilizer type products. But then again, you need some of these harsh chemicals sometimes to do certain things. And just because they say poison or, you know, things like that, they might not be the worst for our environment. It's they're bad for us if we come into contact with it, get it on our skin and ingest it and things like that. Mm-hmm. But, you know, what you're always trying to do is just, uh, phosphates are a tough one um, and how you opened up, you know, going down the drains. Apparently these phosphates have been tested and as they go down the drains and they go through the sewer systems and everything else, 
a lot of times they do get reintroduced into the environment mm. or maybe somebody's doing an illegal practice and they're dumping chemicals out into a river or somewhere like that. And when our animals come into contact and leak, eat these phosphates or lick the water, whatever it might be, it actually messes with their reproductive organs and hormones. And so it really throws them off. And as the animals evolve, the birds or fish or whatever's eating those things, then down the road becomes some serious issues to our environment. Mm-hmm. We'll come back to that. Let's start off in the basin in the bathroom. <laughs> or let's start off with a shower. So, you know, we don't know what is beyond these things. You know, the plumber would know, you'd know. What happens when water, soapy water, goes down the shower or the basin? What's the process? Where does it go? Okay. Well, I mean, that's, it's pretty simple. Obviously, you have your toilets, your sinks, your, your, your bath, your showers. You know, everything flows from your house, your commercial building, wherever you might be, down to, uh, you know, certain areas. Commercial places will have various sump tanks and things that will catch the water. And as it continues to go down the drains, through the sump tanks, through the sewer systems, they go to a big, humongous sewer facility, depending mm-hmm. on how big your city is. And that city collects all that. And what they'll do is they purify the water there. They will add, sometimes they add bacteria, good bacteria to break down the organics and fats and greases. Um, Then sometimes it might be some chemicals that they do to adjust the pH and get it back to neutral, Mm -hmm. as well as killing all the microorganisms and bacteria and things that might be in that water. So all this process takes a long time and it has to be done properly before that water can be maybe reintroduced into a waterway. So it has to be like drinking water once it's released again. So Mm. yeah, there's a lot of steps and phases that it kind of goes through in our our systems, which is why, you know, obviously over in Europe, you know, the systems are so much older than they are here in the States. So you're dealing with hundreds and hundreds of years, which you've got greases and fats and things that are collecting in those pipes, people Mm. dumping things they shouldn't down the pipes. So it's, it gets very tricky and there's got to be ways to help clean that and, and purify everything. Mm. Uh, you said it's a long process. How long does it take for water to leave my basin here, just as an example, and come out clean at, a, at the other end? That's a good question. That's above my pay grade. But I mean, <laughs> I, would, I would think as it goes down your drain, I mean, it's flowing constantly. So, yeah. you know, as far as getting to the sewer treatment, I would say a day, you know, I wouldn't think it would be that long. Yeah. But then in that whole sewer treatment process, purifying yeah. it and everything there, it, it would probably take, you know, three, four, five days. Days, not weeks or months. No, Just... no, it's it's got to move quickly as much water as you got coming into the systems. Yeah, yeah, that's incredible. So what happens to like material or like you know there there was the thing about the the little plastic bubbles i think they're from body scrubs and things like that so w- how are they dealt with along this process is it is it then filtered at one end at the treatment end yeah and that's that's a good question you know as as a, the manufacturer of these little things cuz i know you know you got the ones that you can put in your laundry now and it gives the fragrances and you got these little beads so those things have to be biodegradable I mean, they have to break down, they have to dissolve. So, you know, it should not be an issue. They should slowly dissolve it and just be turned back into water. Mm. And also uh, like uh, um, toilet wipes or whatever it is, uh, the baby wipes, they also clog up. Oh, I saw a photo once of something dragged out of the storage and it was just this pile of baby wipes that had just blocked Oh, my God. Yeah. No, can... It's going down an ugly route. Oh, my God. 
<laughs> you can see some nasty things. And, you know, these things have to be, you know, they have to be biodegradable. They have to rapidly break down. So this is huge. Uh, yeah, certain things like the baby wipes. I don't know if they were flushable at one time, but people yeah. were doing that. Yeah. You know, they didn't really care. It's like, okay, it's going down the drain. That's not my problem. Yeah. But yeah, there's, there's a lot of issues. I know in, when I was working with a lot of the restaurants and uh, chemicals, there was, um, <laughs> it actually looked like a body part at one time. So there's these sugars from the Coke machines, the the fountain machines and all these sugars collect and build up and they, they clog those drains and it just keeps building and building and building until the drain is totally clogged. But when the plumber finally opened into that and the smell and they didn't know what it was, it was so confusing, but they finally figured out and some chemists and people broke it down. It was just a huge sugar snake. Oh my God. The, yeah. So the drains can have some serious issues. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, look, this is what I was saying at the beginning. Like we don't really think about it's out of sight, out of mind. We put it down there and we don't have a clue what happens after that. It's gone. It's someone's looking after it, but we do need to be conscious of what's oh, yeah. going on beyond that point because it doesn't just disappear like we would like to believe. No. Yeah. No, we can all definitely do our part. Yeah. Yeah. And so let, let's go to cleaning products because this is something that, of course, we all take for granted. Everyone's into, you know, antibacterials and this and that. And this. And I imagine there's some pretty heavy duty cleaning products out there um, that are going down the drain all the time. And they end up out into the ecosystem as well, or the, can they be filtered? No, everything will be filtered. Yeah. If everything's draining properly, your cities, your, your waterworks, they have everything, you know, in place, right then yeah you know um they will definitely have have some uh you know concerns but one thing um that we're looking at in in, in my little town here in alabama sometimes you know we're on the, the bay the waterway we get so much rainwater so much thing that the system can't handle it mm. so it overflows and sometimes that do waste does go off into the bay mm. so you need to make sure the infrastructures are, are built properly they can handle the volumes and everything like that so mm. we've got to be very, very, very careful of, of the ecosystem we have around us. Mm. And, and so what is your, like your mission statement? Why should everyone use clean, uh, green cleaning products? Well, the green movement's come a long way. I mean, back in the day, you know, everybody was on board. They're like, okay, this is good. We need this, you know you know, the chemicals that our employees and our custodials and, you know, our friends that are using these things are breathing these fumes in. So we want to make safer chemicals. But when the first movement started, the chemicals didn't work. Mm. So people got turned off and they're like, well, I'm just going to have to go back to traditional chemistry because this green stuff isn't working. Mm. But as this movement progressed and we've got better with our chemistry and surfactants, and safer solvents, we can now really design and develop a really good quality product. And, you know, that's what we've been striving for. And one of the chemicals that I've designed here in the last couple of years does carry a safer choice line, which means, you know, we're using uh, zero phosphates, we're using safe solvents if we need to use them. Uh, we're trying to use less water, recyclable plastic, you know, just trying to do everything we can to do our part. Mm. And do you have refillable containers too? We do. We can, we can go, I mean, crazy. We can do huge uh, tote tanks for some of the microbreweries that we deal with where we can do 300 gallons and we basically keep a tank in that, in their property back in the brewery and we just come in and refill. So we're not having to use multiple plastic containers or 55 gallon drums or whatever. Mm. That's a large scale, but then onto the smaller scale with our, you know, traditional vacation, short-term rental cleaning, mm. we do have uh, super concentrated cartridges that are just chemical. So you're not using any water. We're not shipping water. 
we're basically just using the same, basically using the same spray bottle. Yeah. And then sometimes you can't see that, but using <laughs> the same spray bottle, you don't have to buy multiple spray bottles. So it's a ready to use super duper concentrate cartridge. And you just put that in the bottle. And then when you need another refill of the chemical, you mm. just drop in another cartridge. So those cartridges, uh, so you're mixing them with water. So you, instead of you shipping water, you just use the water that you have at home. Exactly. So when you get to your property, wherever you're cleaning, you basically fill up the spray bottle with water, drop in your little cartridge. When you tighten the trigger sprayer down, it releases the concentrated chemical. Oh, fantastic. It sounds like a very interesting design. It's very safe. It ships easy. It's very light. It's color coordinated. It's It, it has, has all the good bells and whistles to make it safer for our friends. Yeah. And, you know, what are the things that we don't think about? Like you're talking about the skull and crossbones on those on those um, uh, packets, you know, things in the hardware shop, for example. It's not just the environment that the, the, these uh, chemicals are going and, and potentially contaminating. It's also the staff using the, the products oh, as yeah. well. Yeah. I mean, you know, you sort of take for granted that the, your, your cleaner in the bathroom might be using bleach and, you know, it's it's for their sake as well that uh, green products are used for staff. Yeah. Oh, well, definitely. I mean, bleach, you know, it's, it's a, everybody uses bleach, you know, uh, I mean, it's cheap, but I mean, it's got a pH of well over 13. It's corrosive. I mean, it has some fumes that you don't want to be, you know, breathing over time. And when we, as, as cleaners, you know, you're in that stuff, you know, five days a week, maybe six days a week. So, you know, there's proper PPE that you should wear your protective, you know, but mm. nobody really wants to do it because they don't mm. see, if it doesn't hurt them immediately, then they don't think it's that bad sometimes. So there's a lot of education that we need to do on our part as manufacturers and educators and making sure people wear the proper gloves, you know, masks, goggles, whatever they might need to, to wear for that certain product. Mm -hmm. But, you, you know, you are saying before that the, the water at the end of the day gets cleaned up at the, at the filtration treatment site. So if bleach goes down there, they've got something at the other end that counteracts that bleach? Yeah, it, obviously it'll be diluted down because of the volume of water that's coming into the system. But yeah, they have to test that water and understand where the pH is. It increased the pH in that water system. Mm. Uh, you know, and it, it, if they're using microbes or bacteria to purify their water system, that bleach is going to kill those guys. So, you oh. know, they got to be introducing, you know, more good bacteria to the system. So it's a it's a it's a ever changing, evolving, you know, cycle to keep it clean and pure. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, God. Okay. So besides bleach going down the drain, what other cleaning products does everyone use that really should not be going down there that we should re reconsider using? I mean, probably, you know, the solvents are really tough because sometimes our, our painters, you know, they're dumping some really uh, paint thinners and a lot of these type things. And, you know, that could break down maybe the PVC, the plastic piping that we have from our home. Mm. And it slowly erode those things over time and break it. And again, you know, you can't see this, what's underneath the ground. So mm. there could be busting pipes because of these harsh chemicals that have cracked it or just deteriorated over time. Mm. And then that's just leaking into the, uh, to the, to the earth. Mm. So, you know, we've, you got to be careful what's definitely going down those drains. Harsh solvents are bad, you know, acids, you, you know, there's phosphoric and citric, there's safer acids out there that are good. Um, the sulfuric and hydrofluoric acids are, are bad, but we're trying to, you know, as a society, remove those from a lot of the products that, that don't necessarily need them, mm. but there's still certain places, maybe refineries and hardcore chemical plants that need these type of, of ingredients. Mm. They have strict, strict, you know, OSHA guidelines of how to remove the waste and purify it there on their property. 
Mm. And, and so with the greener cleaning products, is that less of a hassle at the treatment end to to clean up and to to clean the water at the end of the day? Is that easier? Oh, sure, sure. Because obviously you're using safer chemistry. So the mm. chemistry, you know, it does its cleaning task, but it'll break down faster, mm. uh, which is another part of the whole green thing is, you know, these mm. chemicals are biodegradable. They break down really fast. When they do break down, they don't leave any, you know, harsh ingredients or anything in the waterways. So, yeah, it's 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 a really it's a smart thing to do. Yeah, yeah. Now, um, your business name, ETI Solutions. You you mentioned it's education in the name. Yes, educate, train, and innovate. Lovely, great name. Can you expand on what you do with the education side? What do you do? Well, this year, this is my first year to present um, at the VRMA International. Um, but what I, what I do is it's kind of, it was the art of chemistry is what I called it, but I was training on helping people understand the chemistry that's in our cleaning products so that they know why they use the products they use. And uh, we had a re really nice turnout for the show, but I just want to help educate. There's more than just a, a glass cleaner or a degreaser or a bathroom cleaner, you know, what's in that product? How does this make your life easier? Is it safe for you? You know, just to help open your eyes and consider the products we are using and making sure you know, why we do choose the products we do. Mm, I think it's fascinating. You know, it, it, cleaning has always been a big headache, you know, stain remover and things like that. And then to know that it causes damage when it goes down the drain. But, you know, this, I, I should have put a warning at the beginning of this podcast, you know, this, this there could be some terrible imagery. But when you said about the cleaner products going through and biodegradable and all of a sudden the sun shone and the birds were, <laughs> were chirping, it sounds great. Yes, to, to do it, uh, to do the, to use green cleaning products. I have a much better image imagery in my mind of, of the end result and the journey that water takes. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot going into it. I mean, you get into the paper aspect of it, you know, recyclable paper, maybe don't use paper products, use your microfiber towels where you can launder them. So, I mean, you're just so many saving energy in certain ways and mm. just trying to be a, a better person to the environment. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, look, I'm going to wind up this interview now, but is there anything more you want to add? I will put the link for your website um, in the description below, but is there anything else that you might want to share with us before we sign off? No, it's, you know, I, I sit also, I sit on the VRHP board, the Vacation Rental Housekeeping Professionals, and I think, you know, I met you when I was st uh, standing with Dirk Johnson, yeah. but, uh, you know, that's one thing we do in the industry is we're just trying to help everybody uh, understand what they're doing, cleaning process, killing the, you know, the bacteria the, during the, the pandemic, understanding how to kill COVID. We're just trying to open everybody's eyes because it is always an overlooked thing. It's like, oh, you know, I don't I care what my cleaners are using, whatever, blah, blah, somebody else will handle it. So mm -hmm. we're just trying to help, you know, standardize that and make sure everybody knows there's resources that we can help the short term and vacation yeah. rental people. Yeah. Keep it cleaner for the, for the, your guests and for your staff and for the planet. Exactly. Lovely. Well, on that note, Sean, thank you very, very much for your time. I will put all the links for the, even for Dirk's courses too. I'll put them in the link below in the description. If you have any questions for Sean or ETI Solutions, just pop them in the comments below. Sean, this has been fascinating. Thank you very much for your time. Well, thank you, Deborah. It's great to see you again. And you. Thanks, Sean. Bye-bye. You too. Bye. -bye. Bye. Well, I hope you enjoyed that episode and were at least a little bit inspired. If you'd like to catch up on the other episodes that you've missed, just head to thegreenpathpodcast.com. See you next time.